Welcome everyone to the first ever 2015 game music blowout from the Rose Experience channel. I have to say I'm incredibly excited to finally do this. It's been a dream of mine ever since I was doing my podcast before. I know, kind of a lowball dream, but whatever. Uh, I love video game music uh, and nothing typifies that more than the track that brought us in here. That doesn't really have a name particularly. It's, it's from Final Fantasy XIV's first expansion, Heaven's Ward. That would definitely take my soundtrack of the year if I was to award one. But um, it's a mix of Dragon Song, which is the theme song, I suppose, for the expansion, done by acclaimed composer Nobu Uematsu, who came back specifically just for this song for the soundtrack. But uh, most of the stuff is done by Masayoshi Soken, who's done a fantastic job throughout this entire game. But uh, we're going to deal specifically with the with the expansion pack that came out this year. Um, yeah, so Final Fantasy Heaven's Ward is, there is no way to pigeonhole the, the score. It comes in so many different variations and, and, and different ways to tackle the music. There's, there's upbeat stuff. It's not your typical uh, orchestral fare throughout, although there is a, a bunch of it. Um, but before I get into the game specifically, what I want to tell you about is you don't see anybody with me. It's just going to be me today. I did dress up for the affair. Uh, you know, if you were to go out for a night of music, you, you typically want to dress formal to semi-formal. And I kind of wanted to capture that atmosphere. So that's why I'm I'm dressed like this. No t-shirts today. Um, but again, you'll see no one here with me. I want to let the music breathe and, and speak for itself. So you'll get very minimal dialogue from me just to describe some of the tracks we're going to be talking about set the tone for them and uh, maybe just a little description about what they're doing uh, their presence within the game and, and a little bit of the details of the game itself so we'll get back to Final Fantasy Heaven's Word here again my, my score of the year most likely and before I jump into the next set of videos and tracks that I'm going to show you as you can hear the, the, the music in the background I didn't want to show in video form because there will be a lot of spoilers for it but a lot of these tracks do the ebb and, flow, ebb and flow of MMOs as they are, they change in tone, whether there's a battle. There's generally a, a theme for a dungeon, and then when you get into battle, it'll pick up and pace. Uh, same with boss fights, and these next few tracks are what these what these tracks are, or what these, these selections are about. Um, you'll notice the nuances in the one playing in the background, but the first one we're going to get into is probably my personal favorite from the soundtrack. It's uh, Ravana's theme, and you'll know it, it, it's so completely different, almost like a uh, almost like a Russian theme with the instruments and, and and the way they pick up slowly. But then it gets when it gets into the second phase of the fight, uh, the music really picks up and, and and captures the emotion. But even that is is not typical battle and MMO fare. And then from there we'll move into Bismarck's soundtrack, which is completely different again, but changes in in the nuances of of the battle. Uh, here they are.
Yeah, so moving from the the battle and boss soundtracks that are generally upbeat, a lot Final Fantasy is known for its music, regardless of what you think Final Fantasy is now. I think one thing they've been able to keep consistent and consistently amazing is the soundtrack, whether it's from Final Fantasy 13 forward. Again, regardless of the quality of games, the, the soundtracks have been phenomenal. And nowhere is that more prevalent in Final Fantasy 14 and Heaven's Ward here. But even the, the, the slower themes playing in the background is the theme from Matoya's Cave. Um, they typify the, the nostalgia factor that this game has been able to capture. Final Fantasy has a legacy, and 14 and Heaven's Ward carry that legacy forward with little nods of nostalgia, whether it's this track here, which I didn't want to include the video for, for spoilers, which go all the way back to Final Fantasy 1 and 2, um, and other subtle nods uh, throughout the other games, which might constitute a spoiler, so I don't want to have those in here. Uh, the, the last track I want to show you for, for Final Fantasy 14 again, is it's more subtle, it's a dungeon theme, it's called the Ares theme. Uh, the Dragon Ares theme, I should say. But yeah, I, it has subtle subtleties uh, which change with the, with the battle music, but I think I'm just going to go with the dungeon music. So here it is. to the next game is something completely different I suppose it's more atmospheric and that's Bloodborne a Sony first party exclusive uh, along the line of the Dark Souls now the soundtrack is haunting it's scary in fact it's scary as shit that's what this game is uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of themes I mean there's tons of boss music that go all along the range to capture the feeling and the mood that Bloodborne tries to put forward and really takes you're gonna die in this game quite a bit and that music makes you feel like you're going to die I mean I I was terrified in some of these tracks I am a bit of a baby I'll fully admit but that's just the way it is um, and I think no track typifies that that feeling of dread and and horror than the cleric beast
Stark contrast to what Bloodborne put forward with horror and dread and really capturing that gothic theme. Um, I suppose we can more move more into the divine with uh, everybody's gone to the rapture. Regardless of what you thought about the game, the music is beautiful, it's it's haunting, it's again, it's almost heavenly-like in, in some of the ways it puts and presents itself. Uh, this game's all about capturing the world that you're in and, and taking your time as you move through it, trying to figure out the mysteries that uh, the game puts forward. And the music captures that extremely well. Jessica Curry is the composer as well as the lead of the Chinese Room, which is the developer of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. And I kind of just want to let the music speak for itself here. Uh, I'm going to play three tracks back to back, and that is uh, All the Earth, then it'll move into Aurora, and then Carry Me Back is the third one. So I think those really put a good stamp on what Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is all about.
Fallout 4. Fallout 4, I have to say, the music for me is something that doesn't stand out. It's The music is a complementary to that world and sort of the desolation and things that you go through. But there's really no tracks that, that have stood out to me in the past. It, it, it sort of all runs together. But regardless of what you thought about the game, um, I, I think a track that really encapsulates some of the epicness and, and scope of what followed all is about the consequences. I mean, this world's gone. It's blown up. You need a track that can typify that right off the bat. And nothing does that better, at least for me, than the main theme of, of Fallout 4. And here it is. But the cry. With the world poised on the brink of war, Voltec is reporting a record number. But Folks, uh, it seems we, we've got some breaking news. Stand by. It's all over. No, I'm dry. To forget about how much I care for you. We seem to have lost contact with our affiliate stations. Stand by. We do, we do have... We do have coming in confirmed reports of nuclear detonations. My God. Our soldiers were right. changes.
to be said about Ori and the Blind Forest. It was a game I think that Microsoft desperately needed on the Xbox consoles. They have huge first-person games, and a lot of them are really graphic and in your face. But as far as the the more gentle touch and and of the indie affair, something that sometimes uh, the indie affair can only deliver. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest delivers the feels right out of the gate. I mean, a lot of people cry during the opening, and how do they drive those moments forward? Well, that has to be through the music. Now, there's something that hasn't been prevalent through all of the music that I've put forward so far is a lot of soundtracks and games have a theme, a, a reoccurring set of notes that that change subtly throughout as, as you go through the game, but um, nonetheless, they're there. It's that familiar touch that always brings you back and keeps you connected to the games and the special moments, sped up or slowed down. And these next three tracks, uh, by composed by Gareth Coker, I hopefully I'm um, pr uh, pronouncing the name right, I don't know. Um, but he was able to capture a theme and, and, and a set and a tone, almost like a chorus through a typical song. And uh, these three selections typify that.
Now, I'm not ashamed to say uh, this next track I found from another uh, Game of the Year podcast. That's uh, Rebel FM's, and uh, this game is called Neon Struck. Neon Struck uh, is sort of a, a stealth game hybrid in, in the NDC, made by Spalt Team. So the graphics and things aren't going to uh, grab you. But what grabbed me, uh, based on the selection they put forward, was the music 100%. Now, it has its own score uh, put forward, but... It's really this, uh, like this Blade Runner S uh, modern take on, on on music that I love, and this track uh, it's by it's actually by a, a band called the Home Conversion, and I don't know if anyone's familiar. Like well, you should be familiar with them, M83, because they're incredibly popular. And I've been on the M M83 bandwagon for like a decade almost, and I'm just a huge fan. I, I I searched out this song and and the band rather than just keep it confined to the game music. This song is called Cave Living, and it's by the band The Home Conversion. For the game Neon Struck, check it out.
And bring us in, that was Once Upon a Time by Undertale's composer, Toby Fox. So I want to keep along the indie theme. Undertale's a game that has gained a ton of notoriety lately, extremely popular on some of the Game of the Year awards. And that's, it's, it's an RPG, but it's super bite-sized, like six to eight hours. And it hits all those nostalgic tones that you love from your eight and 16-bit eras. And the score is what hammers that home. The game is great, all the scenarios, but it's like they've they've it's a, it's almost like a hundred uh, track score that that Toby's put together for this game, and some of the music is just like phenomenal. Uh, two tracks or three that I'm putting together probably don't capture everything that this this soundtrack puts forward, uh, but nonetheless, I'm just going to include two more here after entitled Ruins and Undertale's owned quote-unquote theme. So I'll put those back to back here. Hopefully you enjoy them.
Tales from the Borderland is one of my top three games of the year. It's so I'm gonna say you know standard Telltale fare or whatnot, but Borderlands is something I literally have had no interest in whatsoever as a shooter. Couldn't care less about the game, but something about I actually thought when they announced uh, Tales from Borderland Telltale, this would be the one Telltale series that I skipped. I skipped completely. Like I just didn't care about it. But I went ahead and delved into the first episode and. The game is just hilarious. It's like, I feel like it does Borderlands better than anything else Borderlands has done before. Like, the game is literally hilarious. And there's something about, like, a Wild Wild West atmosphere that Tales from, or the Borderland universe puts forward on this, uh, on this world. You know, they're, they're looking for vaults, they're searching for treasure, and it's, it's just an every man for themselves, every person for themselves, I should say. Uh, Wild Wild West sort of atmosphere. And the soundtrack has to capture that. Now, Jared Emerson Johnson is the composer, but they use a lot of licensed tracks. And I think one of the things that are the best about, about these five episodes of Tales of the Borderland is the intro segments that they put forward. All of them sort of, I mean, some of them have spoilers, but the one I'm going to show you after this it doesn't really have any spoilers, but it does a great job of putting the cast of characters together and, and wrapping up the humor that this, this series is, has put forward. I, I mean, I, I, there was tons of times where I, I laughed out loud during this, uh, this game and I encourage you all to play it regardless of what you think of Telltale games and Borderlands in general I loved it and again I wasn't a fan of Borderlands at all after we play the the intro there's going to be the ending credit song which is I think that that really shows a lot of what this the score has uh, in store don't worry there's no spoilers in the ending credits at all so here we go Thank you. 
game I want to talk about is The Witcher 3 which is probably my game of the year actually not probably it is uh, 
Now before you jump on me or for my selection, I played this game about six months after release where they worked out the kinks, worked out the rust, and that's something I recommend for all of you people who insist on adopting open world games on the first day. Stop doing it. They're never as good as when they are uh, 10 patches later. I mean, they fix combat, they fix text, they fix the world, they fix the way it runs. So I'm smart, you're not, do it like me. But anyway, I want to talk about the music for The Witcher 3, which is... I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if, I wouldn't describe it as high fantasy, but uh, it's definitely its own thing in terms of the fantasy realm. And the music takes on its own life. Again, like Follow in some sort of ways, the music does run, toge run together with uh, The Witcher 3 and the world. Not to say it, it's bad at all, it's just when you're, when you come over a ridge and you see this massive world of mountains and forests, the last thing you're thinking about is the music. It sort of just melts into the background. And the composer, which is here, now this CD Projekt Red is the developer, they're Polish. The gentleman's name, forgive me, but I'm going to look on my phone and hopefully I don't slaughter the pronunciation. It's Marcin Przybilowicz. Sounds about right. Sorry, Martin, if you watch this. Uh, but he does a great job of, of capturing the world of The Witcher 3. At least it helped me really sink in to what was going on. The track that's playing in the background is from Gwent, the card game that everyone knows and loves. I mean, I, they could probably release that as its own game and, and people will buy it in droves. But I'm really happy with what The Witcher 3 did uh, as a game and as well from a musical standpoint as well. Uh, I've, I've only selected one track. Uh, to take us through in, in video form, and that's Caramoan. Uh, I think it really captures that feeling of scope and, and, and world building. Again, like I said earlier, you come over the ridge with, with Roach, your horse, and you just drink in this massive world, and you're like, how am I going to tackle this? And all these side quests, and, and away you go, and that's, the, that's what this selection does for me, at least. Enjoy.
Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, that's how we're gonna close. But before I get into that, I want to thank you all for watching. Uh, again, this has been a passion of mine to put forward a, a game music blowout, what have you. Uh, this is 2015 year end, but I think in, as we move forward, for games that have outstanding soundtracks, I might do mini reviews and, and highlight certain tracks. I want to start another video series called Games Through Music where I dissect certain scores and, and highlight the, the motivation and thought process behind certain soundtracks. But that's a lot of work and that's in the far future. We want to talk about the now. But yeah, um, Metal Gear Solid 5 is a game that I love and I hate. Just like Gollum, we loves and hates ourselves. But in years past, I, without even talking about the game, although it's a massive disappointment to me personally, the soundtrack, it has certain songs that I love, but it was a bit of a disappointment as well. As well. I mean, years past in certain other Metal Gearms, I probably could have run with any number of tracks. Now the one playing in the background is Here's To You, which is a, a licensed track, but it it really encapsulates a lot about, other than the actual main theme of Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, I, I suppose Here's To You is the one that a lot of people probably think of, because it was so ingrained in us from some of the the soundtracks, or some of the trailers beforehand, and in, in Ground Zero's the demo, it was sort of the opening cinematic to that. But anyway, um, yeah, Metal, Metal Gear Solid V, it was only produced this time with by Harry Gregson Williams, who was the composer for a lot of them before that. Um, who did this, uh, who composed this, was Ludwig Forsell. Uh, and it was, as well as a number of other individuals. Yeah, and, and Harry only produced, I think that showed in, in a lot of the overarching themes. Um, Metal Gear Solid V tended to use a lot of license tracks, I think they blew a lot of their budget on getting some of these tapes and whatnot to capture the 80s era that this game takes place in. Me personally, I didn't listen to any of that stuff. I like Metal Gear Solid V's music for what it is. And just a few tracks uh, that I'm add, in addition to this one, um, I'm gonna close on the one trailer which uses Sins of the Father. It's probably my favorite theme. Everyone seems to like the quiet theme, but I find that relatively boring. Sins of the Father is a little bit more upbeat, uh, and it starts slow, but it ends incredibly strong. And this trailer was my favorite trailer, and it's something I want to remember Metal Gear Solid 5 to be, which was, and it's everything shown in that trailer without what we got later. So this is my Metal Gear Solid 5 encapsulating the sins of the father. Thank you very much for listening. Um, subscribe to the Rose Experience below. And yeah, stay tuned for a lot of more content. This has been the 2015 Game of the Year blowout extravaganza from the Rose Experience. Thanks for watching. It's not just them. The whole world wants you dead. You'll have to join up with Miller. Build that private army of yours one more time. First, we need to save Miller. He's in Afghanistan. You're a legend in the eyes of those who live on the battlefield. That's why you have to handle this mission yourself. That's how Kaz would want it. Afghanistan is a big place. I expect you'll become quite familiar with those binoculars as you plan your next move. 
How and where you make it, well, that's up to you. Now go! Let the legend come back to life. Took you so long.
for wet work, and we answer. No greater good, no just cause.